For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, as we get to today's episode, I wanted to tell you we had some technical difficulties uh, with this episode, specifically my microphone uh, was having some issues, so you'll hear uh, some feedback, a clicking sound, Uh, but we wanted to go ahead and play the episode because Julie Lowe's uh, content was so great and helpful uh, for parents um, dealing with teenagers and technology, Uh, so we hope that you're blessed by it, even though the audio on my end isn't the best. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. All this week, we'll be speaking with Julie Lowe. Julie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Julie is a faculty member at Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, CCEF, uh, where she has served for more than 15 years. She holds an MA in Counseling from Biblical Theological Seminary. She is a licensed professional counselor with over 15 years of counseling experience. She has extensive experience with women's issues, sexual abuse, body image issues, parenting, and child maltreatment issues, and regularly speaks at events on these topics. Julie is also a registered play therapist and has developed a play therapy office at CCEF to better serve families, teens, and children. Julie has trained a therapy dog that she works with both professionally and on a volunteer basis. Julie and her husband, Greg, have five children and serve as foster and adoptive parents. Uh, that keeps you busy, huh? <laughs> it does, yeah. And, and since then, we've now added a sixth child, so wow. our quiver is full. Wow. Well, congrats. Thanks. All right. So all this week, we'll be talking with Julie about teens and technology. Uh, this is a topic that Julie has given much thought to and counseled families and teens through many issues related to uh, technology. And so with that being said, are you ready for the first question, Julie? I'm ready. Shoot. All right. Uh, So today's question is, what are the most frequent technology-related issues you find yourself dealing with when counseling teens and families? As I said, you you, you deal with a lot of this. And so what are some of those that kind of come to the top of uh, the most frequent issues you're dealing with? So there are numerous and probably ones that won't, won't surprise many youth workers, Some of the top ones I would say would be pornography and sexting. It's happening more and more frequently because it's more accessible um, at their fingertips. Um, An obsession with social media, an an addiction to it, for lack of a better word, but an obsession with social media. Um, And I would say just one of the things we don't think of uh, very often related to this is the greater influence of peer on peers. So um, with the coming of technology, I would say our, our children are being raised by their own peers more and more often. Hmm. Interesting. And so just going back to the first that you said isn't surprising mm-hmm. is uh, pornography. Um, you, you know, I saw a stat recently 
uh, nine years old is kind of the, the average age. What, what are you seeing in, in you know, teens that you're dealing with? What, what are some of the you know, average ages you're dealing with? And you know, how long have they been looking at it typically by the time you're, you're dealing with them? Just something along those lines. Right. I've heard that statistic too, that, um, that you're hearing around nine or 10 kids are being introduced to it. And quite unintentionally, it's not like these are kids uh, who are, are growing up in sexualized environments looking for it. It is they're stumbling upon it or they're being pursued aggressively. So children um, unknowingly being handed technology and there are forces out there that press in that are looking for children to be exposed to. Kids are getting exposed to it on the school bus. So they might not even have technology, but the child they're sitting next to on the school bus has a cell phone, says, hey, you want to see something cool? And it introduces them to pornography. So um, it's just rampant. And um, yeah, I get concerned even with my kids riding the school bus because I know there's only so much as a parent you can control. Absolutely. I mean, that's something when I've done student ministry for over 15 years now, and uh, of course, had seen a steady increase of this um, in my time, you know, in youth ministry. And oftentimes, like you said, you know, sometimes it was students stumbling upon this, you know, they might hear a word from their friends and they were unsure what that sexual word was. And so they Google it. And so they stumble yep. across um, issues like that. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, maybe an old iPod that the parents forgot about and they pick that up and, you know, um, are able to uh, find all sorts of images. But when you say that they're pursued aggressively, could you talk a little bit more uh, just what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, the even the porn industry will pick um, websites that are most commonly searched by young people, teens and kids alike, and they will um, they'll make it like a one letter off. I won't presume I'm the expert in this, but they'll they'll use sites that are similar that are Googled often so that kids will click on that thinking they're reaching uh, what Michael Jordan. Now I'm dating myself. Um, Kobe <laughs> Bryant. And <laughs> and that and then they end up at a porn site without knowing it. So that's where I think our, our kids are aggressively being pursued and they're they're being corrupted by what's out there. And and they're not being trained to know what to do when that happens. Mm, yeah, I think Tim Challies was one of the earliest authors yeah. that I read of just, you know, how, how drastically this had changed from having to walk into a, you know, um, a gas station and purchase a magazine behind the counter. But now right. um, this, this stuff is coming after you. It's, it's looking for, you know, in this case, our children. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good point to add to that is, I mean, like you're saying, it used to be you had to actively leave your home, go someplace, risk being seen in public, being old enough to purchase an item or find it under your, your parents' bed, things like that, where now you could be sitting at the dining room table with your family and your children being exposed to all kinds of things and the parents right there without any awareness of what's happening. So you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home to be corrupted by what's out there. Hmm. That's right. I think Tim Chester gets into the triple A engine of pornography. And I, I'm forgetting all those, but I know accessibility is one, anonymity. I mean, I think the third is affordability. Yep. It's free. I um, think so, yeah. So that, that is, you know, what's driving most of the porn uh, industry. Mm. And another one you hit on, you said addiction. Um, I know sometimes people, you know, recoil by hearing the word addiction atti attached to technology. I mean, personally speaking, I think it's, it's an accurate term. Um, and I guess just kind of following up with that, do you think that is too strong of a term? And, and why would you, you know, um, back up using addiction language when speaking of technology use? 
Um, that's a great question. I can be torn in both directions. I think, yes, it is a probably accurate picture. And for culturally, I think it helps people understand the strength of it. So I, I don't mean that even clinically as much as just the the expression of it and how it captures somebody. And you know, at CCF, we're all about the heart and understanding the motives of the heart and what, what captures our desires and um and the pull on it. So that I think really is the foundation of thinking about it. But the addictions language helps us understand uh, the implications of it, the the gravity of it, the strength that it can have in somebody's life for sure. So I think it's probably even fair to say I've been in trainings where counseling trainings where they've They've talked about technology actually being added to the DSM as an addiction. Gaming addiction particularly uh, was something I heard. So it's yet to be seen whether that will actually happen. But I would say probably the therapeutic world at large is acknowledging this is a prevailing problematic, um, again, addictive quality that's Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, I I definitely... uh see it in my own life and see the the temptations there and just the constant desire to pull it out of my pocket and, you know, check and, you know, see if there's a text and, um, you know, all of those various things, but, you know, being in student ministry as well, um, you know, we, we would have a, a, an electronic device policy for some of our retreats where we would yeah. limit, limit the amount that they could use it or even if they could bring it. And there was some definite uh, pushback where you felt like, okay, we're, I think we're <laughs> taking a, a bottle out of somebody's hand is what it, it yeah. feels like in some cases. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say that's some, some accurate language. Um, well, the, the last one you hit on, you said peer on peer influence. Do you mind mm-hmm. just speaking on that a little bit more? That's something I really haven't. Um, I mean, I've thought about a bit, but not surely not as much as, as you have. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I am concerned about is I think um, modern culture and this is happening over the years in many ways. Um, our children are having less influence of adults in their life and more peer influence. Um, and I think as a result, um, when technology has entered in, it's not just kind of kids consistently being entertained to death and we talk about those things, but with it, a, a thing I think we miss often as adults is our children are being influenced by other children or teens being influenced by other teens, peers being influenced by other peers uh, on a regular basis. It's nonstop. So it's a peer preference. Um, for some kids, it's a, it's a peer obsession. So we think it's an obsession with technology, but it's really a sense of, I need to be around my peer group all the time. And if I'm cut out from them, if I lose touch, it creates some of these issues of anxiety or stress. Um, you know, we'll talk about depressions and things like that as well. But so the secondary, um, concern in that is we as parents and adults are having less and less influence on young people and they're being raised by their own peer group. So parents and adults are becoming inconsequential, insignificant because uh, peers have always access to one another at all times now. So it used to be, I mean, they spent a huge chunk, six hours a day, seven hours a day with their peer group. You come home and you have the rest of the day and the weekends with your parents with exceptions. However, now it is they come home, they get right on the Xbox and they're playing games till four in the morning with their friends or they're having conversations while that's happening or they're FaceTiming one another or 
you know, all the social media that exists. So from morning to night, peers are connected to their peers and who is engaging with them on an adult mature level that's helping shepherd them, helping mature them. So thus, I would I would say it's becoming more and more alarming that adults are being pushed out of the equation altogether as having a voice in, in teens' lives. And that's wow. happening younger and younger. Hmm. That, that is very sobering. I mean, I've definitely you know, thought about just uh, that, as we've kind of used this language before, that uh, these teenagers have their entire classroom in their pocket, basically, mm-hmm. you know, that they just bring the, the classroom home with them. And so they're never relieved of that pressure, you know, mm-hmm. to perform and to, you know, keep their kind of school identity just always, you know, on. Um, but to think of how parents are getting kind of sidelined uh, by that, that's, you know, very sobering and, and alarming to think about. Um, yeah. But those are some, some helpful things for us. Anything you want to add to that before we close out? Well, I'm just thinking even from a youth worker perspective, so it becomes a bit of a catch-22 for youth workers or even me as a counselor or others to say, well, do we enter into the social media world then to be a voice, to be connected, to know what's going on? And to some degree, I think, yes. And to some degree, we're, in, we're encouraging kind of those pseudo-fake relationships that are not face-to-face. So it, it is problematic, and I hate having a strong opinion over one I, I just think it becomes a bit of a catch-22 for adults to say, yes, we should be engaged in what's happening in social media, but I hope that's not my primary avenue for engaging young people, too. We've got to go back to teaching them what real relationships look like. Mm. Yeah, amen to that. And I think you're just, you're wise to not have a strong line there because there is, it's just going to force people to exercise discernment, uh, that there are those times to kind of enter in, to know what's going on, but then also as we're you know speaking to youth workers and parents, um, to pull back as well and to, to kind of use that as a teaching point to students of, you know, face-to-face interaction is vitally important. And that's how, you know, we were created. Um, and so technology can offer great blessings like this very podcast. You're in Pennsylvania. I'm in Mississippi and we can record, yeah. record this, but it ultimately doesn't replace sitting down and having face-to-face interaction. Um, so anything else you want to add? No, I think that's well said. All right. That's all very helpful. Thanks so much, Julie. You're welcome.